Hello and welcome to the News Roundup. I'm Oliver Thompson. And I'm Catherine Daniels. Coming up on this week's Roundup. Court news, Chief Executive Barry Rowland on his time in the Falklands and the final scores from the Falkland Games. In the Supreme Court, there was an application relating to the ongoing judicial review of two work permit applications. The application was to amend the grounds of the judicial review and the Chief Justice, Mr James Lewis QC, who appeared via video link, said that he would give his decision on the 10th of May. In the summary court, the trial of Mr Luke Foggin began on Wednesday. Mr Foggin was facing a charge of common assault from an incident which was said to have happened in the early hours of the 13th of December last year. Here's Paula with more. The court heard from several witnesses, including the complainant herself. They all recounted the early hours of Sunday the 13th of December last year as a taxi pulled up by the town hall to pick up a fare after a Christmas party. A young woman was escorted into the taxi but was so drunk that she had fallen into the back seat footwell. After some attempts to get her upright, the complainant had assisted and it was then that the defendant, Mr Luke Foggin, had used his forearm to push her back. The complainant also recalled him threatening her. After Mr Foggin had left the vehicle, the complainant had phoned the police. In summing up the case, Crown Counsel Mr Stuart Walker said that the court had heard two clear accounts of the incident and three witnesses describing the physical contact which had made up the assault. Defence lawyer Miss Alison Ingalls said that her client did not recall touching the complainant at all, concluding that there were too many inconsistencies, it just doesn't stack up. The justices of the peace gave their verdict after a lunch recess and found Mr Foggin guilty, saying that they had agreed that the force Mr Foggin had used was a reaction to a situation and not pre-planned, but they were satisfied beyond reasonable doubt that it had taken place. Mr Foggin was fined £325 and ordered to pay £850 in costs. The retail price index has increased by 1.3% to 105.248, bringing the change over the year to the 31st of March to minus 0.7%. The items going up in price were kerosene, wood, diesel, biscuits, milk, butter, chocolate bars, cigarettes, household disposables, medical products and vehicles. Items going down in price were cake, chicken and fish. Overall in the basket, 47 items went up in price, 32 went down and 96 items stayed the same. Fuel and power prices are still very low compared to one year ago and are therefore having a strong deflationary pressure on the RPI. When fuel and power items are excluded, the annual RPI goes from minus 0.7% to plus 1.8%. In the Legislative Assembly sitting on Thursday, MLA Roger Spink asked what quantity and value and weight of imported beef has been supplied via the Falkland Islands Meat Company to the fishing fleet and local market. Also, what steps are being taken to maximise the supply of local meat to those outlets? Portfolio holder MLA Mark Pollard responded. As of the 23rd of April 2021, 1.1 tonne of imported beef has been sold to the fishing fleet. A further five tonne of local beef has been supplied to several fishing and fleet slash yachting customers. In the same period, a further 24.5 tonne of Falkland Islands beef has been supplied to a mix of local markets. The recent sale of 1.1 tonne of imported beef to the fishing fleet represented an order requiring speedy delivery. 
the lower price of imported beef price was agreeable to the customer. It is possible that sales volumes to local outlets, fishing fleets and other markets could be increased by reducing prices. However, to achieve this, a major downward adjustment to farm price groups and farm payments would be required. The government has published a new report called State of the Falkland Islands Economy 2020, which provides an overview of the economy up until the end of 2020. In the new report, there are two new sections. One outlines the evidence currently available on the impact of COVID-19 on the local economy, and the other provides data on income inequality, which was not previously available. MLA Roger Spink, Portfolio Lead for National Statistics and Economic Reporting, said, Additionally, the introduction of data to help us better understand income inequality will be a vital new tool in financial planning and policy development. Through the use of this information, we can make evidence-based decisions to help lessen this inequality and put more people on a fairer footing. The Falkland Islands government has managed to support a local furlough scheme, support the local farmers by buying the wool clip, and manage their finances without the large injection of revenue which would normally come from the tourism sector. We asked Chief Executive Barry Rowland about how the government had managed to still produce a surplus of over £6 million. What we've been able to do is, is make those adjustments, and that's what we did uh, to provide support. There are alternatives to doing that. We could have handed out grants and all sorts of other things, but actually we, we felt it was the best, thing, the best thing to do is to try and get the economy to continue to work as normal as it could. Mr Rowland is also set to leave the islands. We spoke to the chief executive about his time in the Falklands and what he felt most proud of achieving. One of my, um, I guess, reflections here was that when, when I came and I looked at the various plans, the economic development strategy or other strategies, actually there's nothing new here. We've brought no new uh, plans and strategies. What we've done and what we've tried to do together is put them into place. We've tried to finish what we started and I think else to leave any message is for goodness sake just finish what we started. Liberty Lodge will go back to accommodating visiting veterans to the islands. At the moment the lodge is being used as a vulnerable care unit and these patients will need to be moved to somewhere where they will be safe from any Covid outbreak but also well looked after. The transit accommodation at Hillside Camp will be used. We spoke to the director of the Public Works Department Colin Summers about this issue. But the biggest driver and, and, the, and the real catalyst behind doing this work is the, the, the continued support that the community team are providing to people in the community and the fact that the number of those requiring a greater level of care may have to increase. Uh, and seven is the maximum amount of people we can have in Liberty Lodge. It's not ideal, it's not as nice as, as Liberty Lodge, um, but we, we're making every effort to, 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 to make it as comfortable for the, for the residents and the staff as we, as we possibly can until the, uh, the Vulnerable People's Unit is available down, at, uh, down on the main site at the bottom of the hill. On Wednesday evening, Government House held a reception as Her Majesty the Queen has approved the new motto for the Falcon Islands Defence Force. Of those in attendance was Commanding Officer of the FIDF, Major Justin McPhee. So the, the wording faithful in defence uh, we discovered was initially uh, inscribed in Latin on the FIDF colours, the unit flag that was presented uh, to the force in 1943 uh, by the people of the city of Hull. Someone actually gave us a, a newspaper cutting from the 1940s that tells the story of the flag uh, and the colours. Uh, so I approached the Governor and suggested that this would be entirely appropriate 
as a motto for the FIDF. It's a big night for us and it's a privilege and honour for the FIDF to be awarded a uh, motto by Her Majesty the Queen. An agreement has been signed between the Falkland Islands Government and the National Sports Council to formally allow the development of a brand new sports facility. The NSC will now take the lead on the project, which is expected to take two years to design and deliver the new sports facility for the islands. The facility will be situated on the site of the old rugby pitch off the Bypass Road. FIG is going to invest £3 million in the project. Continuing with sport, the first ever Falcons games concluded last Friday, which saw four mixed ability teams battle it out over seven days in 11 different sports. We spoke to National Sports Council Secretary Cecil Alexander about the games. There's some, a lot of unexpected talents that emerged from everyone. Uh, some men that played really good netball, some females that was really good in shooting and in hockey. And it had a positive influence, I think, on sport in general. Uh, there is a few clubs that already had people signing up to continue in a new sport, which is wonderful. That was the aim of the game. Obviously, we had to have a bit of a prize as well to sort of motivate everyone. But the real winner, in my opinion, was the participation of everyone. If you'd like to see the full highlights of each sport in the Falklands Games, then go to our website, fitv.co.fk, and subscribe to FITV Online. You can also contact KTV in Stanley to subscribe via their system, or go to our YouTube page, FITV, to see them there. There's a new member of the FITV team. Johnny Burke has joined us, having come out of the mandatory 14-day quarantine, and is eager to begin. Last summer, I graduated from the University of Leeds, where I got involved in student TV and radio. I grew up in the Nottinghamshire countryside, and I love to get outdoors, as well as play tennis and rugby. I also plan to get outdoors here in Stanley, but I have come prepared, as I've been warned it can sometimes get chilly. So once I'm out of quarantine, I'm excited to explore in all weathers, and I can't wait to meet you all. That's it for this week's News Roundup. If you'd like to hear more content from FITV, then you can also listen to our podcast, Meanwhile in the Falklands, where you can get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into life at FITV Towers. Join us next week. Goodbye.